So y'all saw that the football schedule came out again this year. I guess it comes yeah. out every year. Not really sure why I said the word again there. <laughs> yeah, this yeah again this year. Yep. Yeah. No, we were just gonna go in blind every week. We'd be like, don't know who we're playing. <laughs> don't know where. It's a logistical <laughs> nightmare. Show up to the joke, or maybe not. We don't know. <laughs> About half the time, you're right. Maybe. Yeah, of course. With the midweek games, you never know what day to show up either. So true. Yeah, Tech does again play. I think three Tuesdays in a row this year. Before that, a Thursday. We do another Thursday to Road Tuesday this year with, uh, I believe that's Middle Tennessee to New Mexico State, or Nemesis State, as they're now known. <laughs> well, club's going up on a Tuesday. Three times. Ugh. Yep. I don't know. I have no idea what to make of the football team. <laughs> I mean, I kind of just want to see who's on the team in, like, August before I start to make opinions about it, I guess. But, yeah. I uh, not be excited when we got... A head coach that oozes charisma. <laughs> I mean, have you seen the way he approaches current students to attend the basketball games? <laughs> that my God. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah, he just... It's like watching, yep. it's like watching the Pope by a hustler. It's <laughs> fucking horrible. I don't know what that means, but... <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week we have a special guest, Rightfield Dogs. What's happening, guys? Also known by, I think, a real legal name, unless you're legally Rightfield Dogs. No, that paperwork hasn't gone gone through to the Lincoln Parish Courthouse yet, so I'm still legally Cody Roller. <laughs> What a name. If this doesn't work out, you could be a just a really shitty country music star. <laughs> that That is very true. Yeah. yeah. Just learn how to play like two or three chords. Anyway. Yeah. We did not invite you here to, <laughs> to dunk on your ability to careers. play country music. Yeah. We're here <laughs> to talk about baseball. Tech baseball opens up not this coming weekend, but the next one. And we haven't really talked about baseball since the end of last season. And so it's been a little bit. We've been kind of hype about this basketball team. So instead, let's focus at the beginning of the show on some baseball. It's something I actually look forward to after the, the bad taste in our mouth from football. The somewhat bad taste we had in our mouth of basketball. They're kind of coming around. And of course, lady texters are sharding every day. So it's it's nice to talk about something that I think we could we, we should all be a little optimistic about him. Am I right? I think so. I firmly believe to be, we should be very optimistic about this season. Nice. No burying the lead here. Yeah. Um, obviously last season didn't really turn out how we expected it would. I think, I think we would all agree with that. Um, we came into the season with sort of, you know, sky high expectations coming off of two um, regionals and, did not really live up to that. I think it's been interesting this offseason because it it feels like there's not as much like there's not as much noise around the program right now, right? There's not like people predicting us to win the conference or people predicting us to host a regional again or whatever. It's just like it feels like it's been a little quieter, which might be a good thing. I definitely think that's a good thing. But coach Burrows and the staff always promote that underdog mentality. The uh, never down, never out mentality. And I think last year, the, the predicting us to win conference may have changed our mindset a little bit. Um, so this year to be that, you know, the third place ranked preseason poll for CUSA, um, I think definitely, you know, the guys are like, no, we're better than that. And it may, it may give them that little extra oomph to get, o- get over the finish line. Mm. 
Yeah, and that's a great place to start. The preseason poll uh, came out, what, earlier, or I guess late last week. Um, Dallas Baptist picked to win unanimously, um, all nine coaches voting for them. That makes sense. They pretty much dominated the conference last season. Dominated wait, us. Wait, 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 wait. All nine? So DBU's own coach voted for them? Yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Um, oh, Liberty. Fuck that guy. Liberty picked second here, which is um, interesting um, because this is the first year of the newcomers in baseball, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. DBU was here last year, but the yeah, others yeah, are that's new. true. So Liberty picked second, then us third, Sam Houston fourth. So I don't really know much about them, but that's pretty, pretty high praise. Um, interesting to see, you know, three of the top four are teams that weren't even in the conference um, like a year and a half ago. So that's interesting. Yeah, side note on Sam Houston talking about them. Uh they went to the regional went to the Baton Rouge regional last year and put mm-hmm. up a decent fight, but got put through the road grader when they went up against LSU. Yeah. Uh Steven Shoke put their catcher, Walker Janik, as one of the top ten catchers to look look for this season. So that's I don't know if that's a okay. plus for them or not. Hard to win a baseball game with one player though, just saying. Yeah. Tell me about it. Fucking Royals suck. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of one player, um, only one player was named to the all-conference preseason team uh, for Tech. That was Ethan Bates, um, named as the all-conference utility player, which makes sense based on last season. And nobody else made that top, you know, got that honor, um, which, you know, maybe light a fire under some of those guys, too. Like, you know, really? You're not going to put George Corona on there? That's That's interesting, but... Yeah, that kind of confused me. I mean, George, year in and year out, has been that guy. I don't understand why they think somebody's better than him. Um, and also, side note about Ethan, he made first-team all-conference as a utility player and second-team as a relief pitcher. Yeah. And Burroughs was talking Friday that he may be the only player that's done that ever. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he was fun to watch, and I can't yeah. wait to, to see him uh, this season, too. So. Nathan, what do you want to what do you want to talk about first as far as the team goes? Yeah, I figure we'd focus on our players. You mentioned Ethan Bates, but there's like was said a second ago, it takes more than one player to win a baseball game. Cody, I'm kind of curious who else on this roster really excites you, whether it's someone coming back that's been on the team previously or you know a newcomer. I mean, uh, obviously we return like seven of our nine starters, eight of our nine starters, basically. Um, with Philip Matulia be, being you know the one that that uh, graduated out, Dalton Davis has been killing it once again. Watch out for that guy to b- break records. Uh, D one baseball mm-hmm. picked him in the top fifty. I believe he was number thirty six in the nation for first baseman. I mean, dude swinging a mean stick. Obviously, uh, Cole McConnell's coming back again. Uh, he, he'll he'll be out the first four games of the season because he he has a full year suspension. Logan McLeod's back, you know, Mr. Hit by Pitch himself. Um, a, 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 a Darius Myers, you know, the uh, guy who's probably the last of his kind, uh, a true six-year redshirt senior with the COVID year. Um, he, he's been swinging the bat well, but been making some great plays in left field, um, running the bases really well. Hmm. Um, and, and then, of course, we already talked about, uh, you know, Ethan Bates and George Corona, um, just some really good guys coming back. And then, I mean, you look at the juniors and the sophomores coming back. Uh, Carson Evans, they keep make, uh, messing with him about punching a locker last year. Uh, he's been swinging a pretty good stick. 
So are they playing him mostly at, like in the field? Are they playing him mostly at catcher and sort of a relief of Corona or are they putting him somewhere else? Yeah, for the most part, I believe he, he is the number two catcher right now. Okay. Because, yeah, we, we saw him come in uh, that Arkansas series that we were at because nobody on the team wanted to hit. Um, and then he came in and got a, got a few hits. But after that, he kind of, you know, his role wasn't wasn't as big maybe moving forward as we thought after that series. I guess yeah, because he, he punched a locker. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that was de- definitely a setback. Um, he's def- definitely got back. Like I said, swinging a good stick has a pr- has a pretty good arm too. Um, has made some some pretty good throws. Very mm-hmm. accurate. Um, that's the biggest thing when it comes to a catcher is you know an accurate throwdown. You don't have to get the guy, but at least hit the bag and and you know, don't allow the, the runner to advance to, to the you know, the next base. Greg Martinez is back. Um, try, I'm trying to make sure I don't, I don't miss a guy. Yeah. So when you look at like who should be slotting in as the the like starting lineup right in terms of not like the batting order but like who's playing where in the field i mean it's going to be a darius myers in left field cole mcconnell once he's back will be center field right mm-hmm. and then there's you know as far as returners go there's there's corona probably ethan bates is going to be your designated hitter mcleod at third you know so and then dalton davis i guess as first base what about a guy like brody dross is he still looking to be a, in the starting lineup or you know yeah, competing uh, or what do you what do you think about that brody's been competing for that right field spot um the what i've seen a lot in practice is grant como has been playing first and dalton davis has been playing right field oh interesting i, I don't know if that's going to translate obviously into the season you know we're still a little ways away dalton plays a really good right fielder he made some really good catches that you wouldn't expect a first baseman to make in the outfield uh, just shows how much of a dynamic player he is um, and then Como was obviously a redshirt freshman last year out of Barb. He's normally a third baseman, so they're kind of he's still got that uh, mm. little bit of a learning curve for for first base, obviously. But I mean, the kid's a natural athlete. I mean, coming out of baseball U or you know baseball high school, whatever you want to call it, in South Louisiana. Yeah, making that transition from first to third in terms of defensive, how's his bat? bat bat's really good. Um, he actually hit a pretty good home run a couple a couple weekends ago. The ball shouldn't have flown out of the ballpark, but it did. I mean, he he coerced it to, on a day that a ball balls weren't flying. He coerced that ball to leave the ballpark, and then just a really great selfless hitter when it comes to the uh, need need it to come that way. Yeah, it's really interesting to to me to hear like the first base sort of shuffle with Dalton Davis, like because you know you mentioned earlier D one baseball named him the thirty sixth best first baseman in all of college baseball, and yet we we're kind of it sounds like we might be deep enough where he's good anywhere. So let's put him in right field so we can get one of these other guys on the field too. Yeah. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to see how it develops like throughout the season as well. Depth is, is going to be a really big factor this year. Um, I believe we're too deep at every position. Wow. And s- some of the guys are freshmen that, that, that would play, but I truly believe we are too deep in a- a- every single category. Nice. We've gone around the diamond. I think the only position we haven't talked about yet in terms of uh, a returner coming in or, I mean, we the redshirt freshman just there, but shortstop. Uh, it sounds like we have a new guy at shortstop. Yeah, so uh, shortstop's probably going to be uh, UNO transfer Kasten Furr. Um, originally from Ruston, went to UNO and has transferred back for his last year. He's, I mean, I can't remember his, his stats, but he had like one error in like – 
a astronomical number of attempts. Yeah, it was close to 300, I think, like just under 300. I heard on Blue Tick Blue Radio last week. Yeah, yeah, kind of a kind of interesting interview with him on on Blue Tech Blue. Like he basically has always wanted to go to tech, but you know he wasn't. He said he wasn't ready uh, coming out of high school, and so. UNO kind of took a chance on him. He, he wanted to go play D1 instead of going the JC route. Um, but, you know, now he kind of gets an opportunity to come back to his hometown, play in front of his family and friends and everything. So that's pretty cool to hear. Well, and uh, speaking of family, Caston is actually my cousin. Oh, uh, shit. Oh. <laughs> which, which, which is funny. Now, it's one of those like second, third cousins. His mom, my mom and his dad are, are first cousins. Okay. Um, so, so we're down the line, but it was funny. I haven't seen Caston in probably it's it's been a while. Uh, obviously, you know, big family and stuff like that. And so it's cool that like you know my senior year, his senior year, we, you know, we come back together, and I've seen him and talked to him a bunch. Um, so it, it's it's uh, really cool for him to come back to his hometown. And you know, it's funny y'all mentioned family. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot to mention that when I introduced when I introduced him. <laughs> yeah, he was also named the 26th best shortstop in the nation by D1 Baseball. So that's pretty exciting to hear for a brand new guy on the team, right? For for those of us who aren't related to him and haven't seen him play. And, and so. <laughs> yeah, so for, for those, uh, and I'm going to make this comparison, if it bites me in the butt, it bites me in the butt, but it, it's the truest thing. For those guys that are looking for another Taylor Young, that's casting. He's he, he may not be as outgoing and energetic and that like explosive personality that Ty had, but he's the guy that's going to go get balls. He's going to hit the ball and he's going to get on base. And that's what you need in a shortstop slash leader slash leadoff batter. He, he's worked walks from O2 counts in in practice. Um, he's not afraid to, to take a pitch, and then he he goes after every ball that's hit to that left side of the infield. That's not the third baseman's ball. Wow. Well, that, I mean, anytime you compare someone to Taylor Young, I'm going to be excited about it. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hopefully he can live up to those uh, those expectations. But yeah, I think, I mean, it sounds like we're going to be really solid um, in the middle infield. Um, I mean, it sounds like we're going to be really solid all around, to be honest. Yes. And then also, uh, speaking of uh, middle infielders, the other, the second baseman is most likely going to be Michael Ballard, uh, the transfer from Eckert College in Florida. I believe he was a D two All American. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to make make sure that was right. Um, I just think his range sometimes may limit him a little bit, uh, which is why I think Casson's at shortstop. But again, those two guys are, are interchangeable right there. You know, if 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 we get to the point where they need to swap, obviously the coaching staff will probably make that decision. I don't get paid yeah. the big bucks. Just to make sure, this isn't the Michael Ballard that owns the world's largest biker bar in South Dakota. I don't believe so. <laughs> okay, that's what happens if you Google his name. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh I assume not, but I guess until we see them in the same room, we can't be sure. <laughs> True. Yeah, so we've gone around especially on the you know defensive heading ball, but we haven't really talked about the pitching yet. You've mentioned some players yeah. that are returning, but it looks like that's where if I'm looking at this roster, I'm a bit more concerned just based off of who's returning. We lose Jonathan Fincher, uh mm. Due to graduation, we lose Landon Tompkins, I believe, as well. There's other great pitchers still on this roster we carry over, and you've already shouted a couple of them out. But is there anyone joining this team who throws the ball that can really help us out? I think your your opinion about the pitching staff not being great is incorrect, Nathan. Uh, just give me a second, and I'll prove you wrong. Um, okay. Tech brought in 10 transfers this year. Eight out of the 10 were pitchers. Good to hear. 
So going from 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 what I've seen the last the last two days, they had scrimmages. Uh, we brought in a kid from Tennessee named Turner Swistack, a high of 94-95, got a really good breaking ball. But the biggest thing about him is he has one of the funkiest pitching mechanics I've ever seen in my life. It doesn't make sense. It shouldn't make sense. A lot of pitchers have a funky motion when they don't have great stuff because they want to deceive the hitter. Turner, on the other hand, has, a, has funky mechanics, a funky release, and throws 94 miles an hour. That's unheard of. I believe the the one of the scrimmages I saw, he he faced thirteen batters, struck out four of the first five, and ended up getting seven out of thirteen uh, at the end. Or it may it may have been more than that. I may be actually misquoting that. He's probably going to be your Friday night guy. He's electric, mm. and then also an, another one of the transfers that I believe maybe the Saturday or Sunday guy is a, a lefty out of Missouri, uh, Luke Nichols. The complete opposite of Turner. Very, very fundamentally sound when it comes to pitching. It's 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 set. It's straight to the plate. But he can attack both sides of the plate at about 90, 91, 92. Very, very determined when it comes to being on the mound. He had one bad inning. Looked like he was going to spiral out of control. Comes out the next inning. Strikes out the side. Comes out again. Uh, puts up a zero. I mean, dude's just a competitor. L- look, looking at more of the guys we brought in. Um, Blake Hooks from Pearl River. Another one of those really funky uh, pitching guys. Kind of reminds me of Landon Tompkins, how he, Landon had more of that like sidewinder, 90-degree angle elbow. Uh, mm. Blake just kind of releases the ball like at his chin. It's, it's, it's really, really close to the body. He's, he's another really slider-heavy guy down in the zone. Uh, a lot of ground balls, a lot of swing and miss. Um, Nate Kreider, a guy that I interviewed, um, another really funky release. He comes all the way back. Kind of reminiscent of like Warren Spawn with his arm. Um, he's he's another guy about 80, 89, 90. Um, and then of course we have the eighth wonder of the world, Brenton Thiels, uh, six foot ten, <laughs> throwing ninety miles an hour. To say I would be scared in the uh, batter's box is an understatement. I mean that's just that's yeah, impressive. That's Randy, six Randy Johnson. That's Randy Johnson height. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who's releasing the ball. The plate six, 60 feet, six inches away. He's probably releasing it, shoot, probably 57, 55 feet away, just just, <laughs> just based on extension alone. I mean, and that's that's cutting down uh, batter's reaction time. That's, that's another thing Turner does really well with that deceptiveness is it cuts down the reaction time of the pitch because you're anticipating something that's not happening till it happens uh, <laughs> too late. So is he is I see he was a starter at his uh, previous stop at West Alabama. Do you think he slots in as maybe the Sunday guy, or is that still kind of up for uh, up for discussion at this point? Um, I think the Sunday spot's up for discussion. My pick, um, who a guy who had a really great fall was Caden Copeland, another lefty. Mm, okay. Um, really, really seemed like he matured and got really confident in his uh, pitching ability. With lefties, a really good thing is attacking both sides of the plate, not just staying to one side. Um, he's got a really good fastball, really good changeup, and just a really good competitor overall. I'd I'd probably slate Brenton as a middle relief, late relief guy. Um, probably, probably more in the middle relief role, just, you know, need a guy to get a couple outs. But again, if, if I were making it right now, I could only, I could really only put money on Friday and Saturday being either Luke Nichols or Turner Swistack with Sunday being, uh, to be determined. Um, because you also got to remember we brought back Reed Smith and, and, uh, Greg Martinez got some starts, right? Yeah. Yeah, Martinez, uh, Ryan Harlan's back too. Yeah. I mean, so there's obviously a lot of guys that are probably going to be fighting for that Sunday spot and the midweek starter spots. I mean, you know, the pitching, 
uh, definitely, you know, the coaching staff realized that that was kind of an issue for us last year um, and really went out and developed developed the guys that we had and brought in some guys that are really going to translate well into the season, either out of the bullpen or starting games or uh, wherever they're needed. Yeah, and I guess my, my other question, I guess last question on the pitching staff, I mean, you mentioned it. We've gone from Krigger, we've gone to Tompkins. Who's who's the uh, the closer on this staff? Who's the or who are a couple a couple to keep our eyes on as the season gets started here as the potential like lights out guy at the end of the game? If I want a guy to come in at the bottom of the ninth, it's going to be Ethan Bates, hands down. Oh yeah, well, uh, God, that was a stupid uh, question. Um, <laughs> uh, but 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 besides Ethan. Grant Hubka really impressed me yesterday. He came out. I know he only pitched like one inning last year. Um, he came in, bases loaded, one out, uh, k- kind of situation baseball um, to be put in in a scrimmage. Came in about uh, easy 89-90. Didn't really seem like he was stressing himself too hard. And it had one heck of a Whirly Bird curveball. Got two guys looking on a curveball. Ends the inning, zero put out. Um, that'd be a guy that I, I would like to see late in the game. Obviously, I mean, we bring back Nick Fragonals from last year. Kid was mm. electric. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many guys that are coming back um, that were great last year, and obviously they've all improved coming into the, into this year. Um, so it, it may it may not be a set guy. It may be depending on the maybe situational baseball, which is great for a coach because you can say, okay, I have this guy for this, this guy for that, instead of just depending on one person to come out and and do everything in every situation. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Duh, yeah, Ethan and, Bates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you've sold me on the pitching staff as well. I mean, looking at the returners coming from back from last year, granted this team didn't have the best record, but another year in the system, another year of experience, that matters a lot. Going out and getting the arms that you need in the bullpen and in the starting rotation, that's a lot. I am I am very excited about this year. And again, that year starts next Saturday, or sorry, next Friday, with a three-game series against North Colorado, Northern Colorado. Uh, to run through the schedule real, qu- real quick, we play weekend series against Kent State. We have McNeese State. We have the Battle of the Ballpark at the Sugarland Space Cowboys Stadium outside Houston against Army, Creighton, and Air Force. We have a two-game midweek hosting Xavier. Southern Miss, we welcome back to the Love Shack. Uh, we both play at Northwestern. Then the next weekend, bring Northwestern State to us. Uh, for a three-game series, you allow the normal in-state schools. We have some of the schools inside the conference as well. Uh, we have a three-game series in April at Arizona, and then we end the year at Liberty, which that will be a very meaningful series. Uh, what do you think of this schedule? I mean, we kind of started this topic with the conference preseason poll, and, and we mentioned you know that some of the tougher teams that will be on the schedule. Uh, but how do you see this this sh- schedule really shaking out? It's going to be a road grader. I mean, just looking at the amount of games that they have to play early on, uh, it's actually a, a four-game series against Northern Colorado. They're playing a doubleheader oh. on Saturday. Um, then you have the three games at Kent State. That's normal. The midweek game. Then you go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the battle at the ballpark, come back to Ruston, play Tuesday, Wednesday against Xavier, Friday, Saturday, Sunday against Southern Miss. Then you go to Natchitoches, have UL at home Tuesday, Wednesday. Fr- I, mean, I mean, you're talking about playing five games – how many games is that in like a week and a half? I mean, that's that's a lot. That's playing most 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 days that aren't what Monday and Sunday. No, they're playing on Sundays too. Like two weeks and you're only not playing on Monday. That's that's going to be really stressful. Um, and then coming off of that, going to LSU, 
who you know is going to have a, a we're going to have a big bullseye on her back. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to go to that game. I don't. I haven't finalized my plans yet. But you better know if I'm going to be there. I'm probably going to get kicked out from what I say. Um, <laughs> and then after that, it kind of slows down a little bit and goes back into our normal baseball baseball schedule. Um, Tuesday, Wednesday games, those are okay. Um, and then we go back. We get into conference. Um, Jacksonville State, they're a newer program. I mean, they're new to the conference, obviously. I uh, don't know if they're the, the best. That should be a, a pretty easy conference opponent at home. Um, hoping we can get some revenge on ULM this year and go 2-0 and instead of 0-2. and FIU, uh, that'll be an interesting game. And then uh, Middle Tennessee is always a really fun team to play. Um, they always surprise me. They could be they could be bottom of the barrel in CUSA and still put up a pretty good fight. Um, Arizona will be a really fun series. Um, the g- guys can go play at another high-level uh, Power 5 uh, school. Obviously, uh, UL- we go to ULM. Dallas Baptist will be another fun series because that, that way the team will be rolling by then um, and hopefully get to a rhythm because we played them pretty well last year, but obviously, I mean, they're, they're really, really good, and they brought back a lot of their guys. Uh, Nichols again, and then Sam Houston State. Like I mentioned before, they, you know, they had the one good guy. I haven't really deep-dived into how good they really are. I still think this team could be anybody because that's baseball. Anybody can be anybody on any given day, but that's just me. Um, New Mexico State. I didn't even know they had a baseball program, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same. Um, Western always puts up a good fight. And then Liberty, yeah, I know they're a good program apparently, but I don't know anything other than that. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think I think the, the conference schedule at least boils down to we've got the two, like the top two preseason teams, and they're both away. So that kind of sucks that that ended up, you know, how it shook out, but – the conference tournaments at home so if you know if we can go on the road and beat those teams we should be able to beat them in the tournament right so you know i, I kind of like that it'll get us battle tested but um you know that stretch of out in arizona and then at dallas baptist the following week is like who that could be a pretty ugly stretch there in mid-april where it's like if you go like two and four one and five does that break your confidence going into the the end of the conference season but I, I love that we've got that southern miss home series i wish i could go but yeah i mean i, I don't really know how it's all going to shake out but I, I like this schedule a lot in terms of you know should be a pretty easy start hopefully with northern colorado and kent state but there's also some some real tests in here like southern miss at lsu get some revenge on the in-state schools from last year that sort of thing so yeah i'm excited yeah, so so we've done the schedule preview. We've talked about the players. Let's quickly wrap this segment up and do our prediction of how we see the season going. I don't think that we should do, you know, wins and losses. It's baseball <laughs> that gets tricky. But I think maybe a where you see us finishing in the conference. Right now we're predicted to finish third. And then also do we make an NCAA regional this year? Also, let's let's give a player of the year. Yeah. Like that just too. predict that- your your favorite player of the year, I guess. I'll, I'll lead off so we can, you know, we can save the actual informed opinion for later on in this um, <laughs> with Cody. Um, I'll say we finish second. I, I think DBU is probably the team to beat and I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt um, for now. Um, but I don't, I don't know much about Liberty and I think we're probably better than them. And I think second in conference USA this season is, you know, depending on how we do out of conference. Um, but I think that's probably good enough to get an at large. 
especially since we kind of have some name recognition and respect um, going from, you know, recent years. And this might be cliche at this point, but I'm going to go with George Corona as the player of the season. He has just been so solid for so many years that I can't, I can't picture anybody else being like more fun to watch, more fun to cheer for um, than our guy, George. Matt, you want to go next? I don't know shit about any of this, uh, which is why I've ducked out of it for a lot, because I don't pay close enough attention to a lot of the sports at the school. I'm really just here for comic relief. So, no, I can't, I can't really make an informed decision. Uh, Cody, you said your cousin's playing for Tech now? Yes, cast and fur. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to pick that guy to be a to be a good bud to you. <laughs> should so be. I mean, he's he should be the starting shortstop, it sounds like, so... Yeah, that's yeah. not a bad pick. Yeah, let's go with that defensive masterclass. Yeah, I think you're along the right lines, Evan, with that second place prediction. But I'm going to say that I'm sold even harder and the Bulldogs will finish first in Conference USA and definitely make a regional that way um, for a player to watch. You've sold me on uh, Turner Swiss stack mm. that that is yeah. I'd love a good arm. And if we have a solid Friday night guy, then that sets up amazing things down the road he's also from hattiesburg so helping us Ooh. out a little bit you know it's just a little bit sweeter nice it, it, def- it definitely home, is hattiesburg mississippi for tech baseball so yeah gotta have a gotta have a good friday night guy all right well i i, I guess it's my turn now going i'm probably gonna go along the lines with with uh nate and and uh evan uh probably gonna pick second here dbu a lot of returning uh guys um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we finished first. Obviously, the conference tournament at home gives us that advantage in the tournament if we need it. So I would definitely place us getting either the at-large at or the guaranteed bid. Um, there's always magic in the love shack. Never count out the Bulldogs in the shack. Um, hmm. I'm going to go offensive and defensive, or excuse me, pitch, pitching and, and, and in the field for my players of the year. Uh, probably going to go... Swiss stack for the for the, the pitcher of the year. Um, just just as of right now, that may, it could change. Um, you never know. You know, prove me wrong. I I I fine with that. And then uh, offensive, probably gonna have to go with Dalton Davis. I mean, dude, just year in year out, uh, get every game gives it his all, throwing <laughs> up crazy numbers, super consistent. Nice. But yeah, and then the the, the other other thing, um, that I'm really impressed with, and uh, this will be my my last little thing here. I promise is that the freshman class that they brought in is a really, really solid group of guys. Really building that base for the future. Yes. Um, you know I mean, all these guys are the embodiment of the program. Those hardworking guys. You can tell they've been in the weight room. They're all really, really well built. You know, yeah, uh, the, the Arkansas, Mississippi, uh, Texas, Louisiana kind of base. I mean, you got a kid like Hudson Gwynn, uh, who, as a freshman, hit a ball off the apartment complex. Who'd we Ooh. hear that about last year? Carson Evans. Um, <laughs> nice. And, I mean, j- just some really uh, – Jake Smith and Colton Coates, heads up in the next couple of years, Bulldog fans, that's probably going to be your middle infield. Um, th- those two guys are really, really good. Colton was uh, on draft alert at the MLB draft uh, this, this uh, previous year. And Tech honestly didn't know if he was going to actually make it to Rustin or not. Thankfully, um, <laughs> we get to keep him for four years at, at, at least. I mean, that's how it goes. He, he can't enter the draft till he graduates. Um, so that should be a really great addition to the team. Jake Smith, local kid from Rose Pine, Central Louisiana. 
Um, talking about a guy that's got a bulldog mentality. That dude, day in, day out, is awesome. And then, of course, you got yeah, the two kids from St. Louis Catholic and Lake Charles, Reed, Reed Schneider, Jake LaRocca. They swing a great stick. Um, Reese Torini, uh, I don't know if y'all saw on my Twitter page last year. This is the kid that put up video game numbers in Arkansas. He's he's looked re- really good. He's a pitcher, um, Hayden, right? Yes, yes. He, yeah. he's, 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 he's a lefty. Um, really crafty with breaking balls and off speed. And then you have a kid uh, like Hayden, Hayden Harmon from right down the road at Glenbrook in uh, near Menden, Louisiana, um, pumping 88-89. Could see a roll out of the bullpen this year. Um, really good kid. Another another Louisiana guy, North Louisiana kid with just that want to gonna get it done mentality. Nice. Sounds like yeah. lots of lots of good things. Lots of things to be excited about around the program. I, I'm I'm super pumped. It, next Friday can't get here soon enough. Um, the guys asked me Friday if my vocal cords were prepped. I said I haven't screamed since the last game, so they're all fresh. <laughs> I, I promise this is the last thing. <laughs> and I, and I'll shut up. Um, and I, I, I may say it three more times, but the biggest thing this year that I've seen is every guy I've asked a question about this year, the answers have always been us, the team, the guys, it's all culture based and family. And I know that's cliche, but it, I mean, we're, I'm talking, I've talked to 10, 15, 20 guys, and they're all talking about the chemistry of the team, how much they love these guys, how much they're ready to play with them. Like it, it really seems like this team is molded together. Um, and the coaching staff has done a great job of incorporating a team aspect, um, next guy up mentality, and it just seems really, really impressive. Because, I mean, you talk about, you know, 10 new guys come in, and they're all immediately a part of the family, and there's no outsiders. I mean, everybody's clicking mm-hmm. with each other. Um, that's really, really nice to see if you want to have that longevity in a long baseball season where you may need a guy, and, you know, he may not get – that many starts, but you know that the the team's got his back. They trust him. They want him to be out there, uh, and that would really give you know the the guy that was on the bench that has to come in that extra boost of confidence to know, hey, I belong here. My guys need me. I'm gonna show out and show up for them. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So if you've listened to this show and haven't listened to your own podcast or followed you on Twitter, want to give you a chance here at the end of the show to kind of plug all that. Uh, I know I've learned a lot just from sitting on this call for the past 45 minutes, uh, but there's a lot more that gets shared on your feed. So where can people follow you? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Rightfield Dogs. That's capital R-F underscore capital D-A-W-G-S. That's the only appropriate way to spell dogs. <laughs> um, and then I'm on Spotify podcast and Apple podcast. Um, that's on the fence with Rightfield Dogs. And that's the same kind of the Twitter handle is Rightfield Dogs. Um, should, should be having some more interviews, uh, had Nate Kreider. I'm going to come up with my own preview here in the next couple of days. And then I believe the guys I have up for interviews are Adarius, uh, Ryan Harlan, Will Melby, another transfer pitcher, um, Caston Fur, obviously. And then I believe I have some, 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 uh, pretty good surprises up my sleeve. I talked mm. to some guys about doing some special, uh, interviews and podcasts. So just kind of. Give, give a little tease and make you wait for that. Yeah, definitely go subscribe to that podcast. Um, and yeah, I mean, also, if you want to follow him, he'll just be on the fence out in the right field, right? I mean, just go say hi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm always in the same spot. Find the Zaxby son, find the dude that's probably yelling half the time, and that's me. You can't <laughs> miss me. And once you see me, you'll see me everywhere. That's what I tell everybody. Trying to work for that Zaxby sponsorship for the podcast? 
<laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zaxby's you know. not a sponsor. Could be, though, I guess. <laughs> Could be. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Call me. Where you at, Zaxby's? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Cody. We'll uh, we'll check in with you throughout the season and kind of, you know, hopefully uh, the team's as good as we hope it is. Oh, of course, man. I, I appreciate you guys for, for letting me come on and let me rant and reeve and spiel <laughs> about about all I know. I mean, this is this is what I do. It's what I love. So I just appreciate you guys and hopefully have a great season this year. I'm feeling the same way. Hoping that we have a great season. Go do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll go do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Later. Later. All right, so that was a fun and also a little bit long conversation about baseball. So we'll kind of run through basketball very quickly. Luckily, this is a good week to do it. We only played <laughs> yeah. one game this past week, and it was possibly the greatest basketball game I've ever seen. Yeah, we beat the absolute fuck out of FIU uh, on the road. Uh, what was it? The the second largest road win in school history. Um I believe it was like 1973 or something like that. The last time we won that big. And that was against Louisiana college or Louisiana Christian, I guess they're called now, but uh, just an all around shellacking. We were up by what it was like 50, 59 to 26 at halftime. And we never looked yeah. back. Yeah. Ken Palm has every player, but one in the triple digits and offensive rating for tech that played more than five minutes. Uh, everybody was hot. This was a fun game. I had to listen to the first half on the radio driving back from from work and stuff. And so I got to hear Malcolm Butler get more and more flustered as he thinks of words to try to explain how big <laughs> the lead is. Uh, it was a great time. And That's hopefully hilarious. we're able to carry that momentum into this week as we play Western Kentucky and Liberty again. So we won't have to spend too long talking about Liberty because we've already played them like two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I just want to shout out Talik Chavez could not miss in the first half. Um, it was like every time we went down the floor, he was hitting a three, and I was just, I was just getting more and more exasperated. Like you said, trying to come up with, with words to, uh, to you know, to describe or emotions to describe what was going on. I guess um, Daniel Bacho also with another double double, three blocks all in the first five minutes of the game. But you know, we'll take it. Um, the only other thing I wanted to call out here, Arturo Dean, the guy we said was, you know, trouble last week because he led the nation in steals. Guess how many steals he had in this game? Zero. No, yeah, not not a single, not a single <laughs> one. He was averaging like four steals per game. He had zero. So, yeah, just an all around great, great win. And this is a FIU team that took us to overtime twice last year. So, yeah, you know, a little bit of revenge, I guess. Yeah, he has had a steal in every game so far this season until he played Tech. Uh, his last time in a game without a steal was against Charlotte back in February of last year. Damn. So yeah, we just like we just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, a great win. And again, hopefully we're able to carry that momentum into this week when we face off against two tough conference foes and Western Kentucky and Liberty. Western Kentucky is first. We played them Wednesday, not ranked 155th in Ken Palm at this moment. Uh, right now, they are 15 and 7 on the season and have been kind of back and forth in conference play. They have yet to win an away game and they are 3 and 1 at home. Yeah, and they're kind of, looks like they're alternating most uh, with wins and losses. And luckily for us, they have just beaten Middle Tennessee. 
Um, so it's they're due for a loss here um, on the road at the Tech. And I'm going to suggest, Nathan, that we give one fun fact about the offense and one fun fact about the defense, uh, Ooh, just I to like make this, this quick. Plan. Yeah, so you got it. You got anything for offense? I would like this plan better if I had prepared for it. <laughs> you can do defense, <laughs> and I'll try to find an offense here. I guess my fun fact about their offense is that they're sort of just middle of the pack. Um, you know, overall, the season they're shooting is kind of between 119 and 130. But the fun fact is that in conference play, they are number one in both two-point two and three-point percentage offense. So, and, and number one in effective field goal percentage. So they are picking it up in terms of their offensive production here in conference uh, play. Yeah, currently second in the conference in offensive efficiency. Their defensive efficiency is currently ranked third. Uh, they are probably the best defense we've faced, especially in conference play. Uh, it, it's been a while. Usually we've been playing against some teams that, that have been kind of meh defensively. Uh, but this may really kind of put a stop to how great our offense has been. I mean, right now FIU is last in defensive efficiency. We may have had something to do with that. <laughs> Sorry, Panthers. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a team defensively that, you know, just as all around the board, pretty good. The only thing they are not so great at is blocks. And I mean, they make up for it in other places. Great three-point defense, pretty good two-point defense, uh, turnovers, rebounds. I mean, this is just a, a solid defense, and this will be a tough matchup. Yeah. Also, no surprise after we had one game last week and it was a huge blowout, but we're still number one in defensive and offensive efficiency in the conference, um, up to 34th nationally in terms of efficiency and then fifth nationally in effective field goal percentage on defense. So um, this this will be you know a fun game. Hopefully our offense can stay hot like it was last week, but um, if not, I think we've got the defense to handle it. Um, do you have a player in mind here to, to call out real quick? Yeah. Typically, I rely back on the player whose name I will hear a lot, and I think that will be Don McHenry in this game, uh, used in over 25% of the possessions, either as either providing the assist or shooting the shot. Takes a lot of shots himself as well. He's also a pretty good three-point shooter, and those are the things that scare me, so... You will hear his name a lot, unless you don't like with that FIU guy, Don McHenry. <laughs> yeah, he's their starting point guard, so you'll hear his name a lot. Do you have anyone, Evan? Um, not really. I mean, I'll just I'll say, yeah, Don McHenry seems like the guy who makes everything go for them, so we can stick with that. In the he's interest the of time, that that's true. He's the Don. He's the Don. He runs the show. And next up is Liberty. We again played them back on January fourteenth, so. If you want to hear a real in-depth preview on how their offense and defense looks, you know, jump back to that. Uh, I am immediately upon looking at their players, remembering the name Zach Cleveland. And mm. uh, I remember his name from the last time we played huh. <laughs> in that game. He was seven to 14 from two, uh, four of eight from the foul line. Uh, scored 18 points and he's been pretty hot since he scored 23 against New Mexico state in a loss in overtime and 18 and a win over UTEP. Um, again, when we last played them, they had not had a conference win yet. They have added one. They've actually added two. So they're now 13 and nine on the year, two and five in conference. I've got three and five. They beat UTEP. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely not what they were expected to be. Um, and it's, kind of interesting that they haven't picked that up they've 
been pretty rough on the road um, in conference play. And even at home, they, they had that one loss to Jacksonville State, but they're now, I guess, 2-1 and one at home, um, having beat FIU and Sam Houston. So they'll look to keep that going this week against Middle and then against us. But, you know, I remember, yeah, Zach Cleveland and Kyle Rode being the two guys that um, that were really successful against Tech. And I remember we got them to four fouls and I wanted us to attack them in overtime, but we, we didn't. Still came up with the win. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how we play them now that we're, you know, sort of click firing on all cylinders here. So those are the two games this week, Wednesday against Western Kentucky at home, and then on the road Saturday, February 10th at Liberty at the creatively named Liberty Arena in Lynchburg, <laughs> Virginia. Again, we'll wait until after we preview the Texters to do our full pre or to do our predictions. Uh, but Evan, how do the Texters mm. do this week? Bad. <laughs> uh, we can really summarize. We can really yeah. speed through these if we want to. <laughs> Yeah, they they have lost what like four or five games now in a row in close loss situations, so that's not good. Um, or I guess three. It's, you it's had only three in a row. In Another notes, two point loss though. Tech was up on FIU sixty nine to sixty two with just over a minute left to play, but two turnovers, two missed free throws, and a missed three pointer in the closing seconds uh, doomed the Texters to a loss this week upcoming they play western kentucky they have a yeah they have a 35 percent chance to win they're predicted to lose by six then they play at home against liberty they have a 61 percent chance to win a four-point win predicted by massey so um and then uh, you say there's one bright spot for the texters is that is that so yeah tuning into this game this past week i i mispronounced her name in the past i may mispronounce her name in a new and exciting way this week (laughs) anya bukovic Watching these games and seeing her get hot at certain times has been really exciting, and she has played her way into the starting lineup, double figures in four of the past five games, and she earned her starting spot in that Thursday matchup uh, against FIU. So, you know, we have two freshmen of the week players on this team. We have her. We have uh, NLR Robertson still on the team as well. I mean, there are the pieces here to make a run later in the season if if they get hot, but at some point they just need to actually, you know, get hot uh, and, and give us that hope. I'm, I'm thinking of a couple years ago where, probably three years ago, where they made the conference championship game as a lower seed, and that's the team I'm seeing that this could be this year, but eventually they need to figure something out, and they just haven't yet. So that's my dimmer on that bright spot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so speeding along, we have other sports this week, probably. Uh, yeah, the bowling team came in third at a conference at a uh, conference tournament, I believe. Um, I don't know about any of the other sports, and I think we're pretty low on time, so we'll cover that next week. Indeed. Yes. Um, so let's do the Tweet of the Week instead. This week's Tweet of the Week goes to Derek Amaya, I think is how you pronounce. Apologies if not. Who photoshopped Daniel Bacho, uh, saying that maybe only two things can stop our king, Daniel Blocko. And it's Wiley Tower and the Eiffel Tower, yeah. which I Giant. like to think of of Ruston as the Paris of North Louisiana. So this tracks. Yeah, that is something that we heard a lot. You know, the, yeah. the Ruston is the Paris of of North of Central Louisiana. North Central Louisiana. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just like to picture Daniel Bacho being actually that tall and actually trying to post up the Wiley Tower and and the Eiffel Tower. Basically anything called a tower, he'll post it up. 
think we may need to get the roof removed if we do that, but you know, that's a logistical <laughs> problem for another time. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where you can get this month's merch of the month. For the first time ever, we have released a basketball jersey paying homage to the 2005 Home Whites. Very few pictures existed of this online, but we were able to recreate it. Uh, Bulldogs on the front, number on the back. Uh, the number 24 for the year 24, or, you know, it's, it was also Paul Millsap's number, but it, legally it's speaking, it's the year. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just the year. It's the, yeah, it's just the calendar the year. year. Um, <laughs> um, so go ahead and get that yeah. now is what I'm saying. I do have to tell you that I bought the, uh, the Mardi Gras shirt on January 31st. And then you dropped that on February 1st. And I was like, God damn it. I just bought a shirt, Nathan. I can't do this. <laughs> well, if you'd like to buy another piece of merch, that's only $35 for all of February in sizes of two X extra small to six extra large. If that applies to you, um, GTP dog slash shop. Yeah. And also uh, shout out to the baseball moms. Their sale is um, going on right now. You can check our Twitter feed. We've, we've posted a, a link to that, but it's basically cool baseball merch that all goes to support their efforts in uh, supporting the team. So it's a pretty cool opportunity. Um, so check that out as well. Yeah, definitely do that. You know, just yeah. do both. Got a really cool That's my love shack to everything. shirt. Yeah. Just buy all the shirts. You always need more shirts, right? Yeah. They have a baseball jersey on their thing, too. So, yeah. Just yeah, get everything. Man, they have some cool shit. Yeah. Anyway. We, we didn't do, we didn't do next predictions. Time. We didn't do predictions. We didn't do <laughs> predictions. Yeah, well, it's not too late. Anyway, until next all time, right. I'm Nathan and predict a 4-0 week. <laughs> uh, I'm Evan, and I'll say... Uh, I'll say... The men are going 2-0, and fuck it. And the women are going uh, probably 0-2 because they they just don't know how to win. So 2-2. Two and two. I think that's a very I think that's very solid. So 2-2 two and two sounds like a, a surefire bet. And what's your name? My name is Matt. <laughs> Go Tech. Please don't die. Slate is maneuverable, though, if you're Louisiana Tech, if you play your cards right. New Mexico State lost their head coach to yeah. uh, Vanderbilt. Yeah. UTEP has our old wide receivers coach slash co-offensive coordinator. Um, you can always expect, uh, what's his name? It's Jacksonville State. Rich Rodriguez to have one blow-up game every year, so maybe it's ours. Mm. Middle lost their head coach. Or not lost. I, I, I don't, did they fire him? Did, did they finally that? fired remember. him. Yeah, they finally They just fired lost him. him. He actually just kind of wandered <laughs> just, off. They couldn't find him. Um, I didn't want to fire him, but yeah, he just Brent, didn't show up. Yeah, Brent Stockstill's just like hiking the Appalachian Trail. He didn't <laughs> tell anyone where he went, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Stockstill, excuse me. Big Smo put in some work.